You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Lord God, because of your grace, please give us the will to follow you in faithfulness. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Psalm 132 is our text for this meditation. It's part of the Psalms of Ascent, 15 psalms that have been dedicated to the Israel pilgrims as they went up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover or Pentecost or the Feast of Tabernacles. 15 psalms that can be divided by five into sets of three, morning prayer, noon prayer, and evening prayer. And in some ways they do follow that pattern as the early church fathers noted. You can imagine what it would be like if all of us scattered throughout a region spent three, four, five days or longer together journeying to Jerusalem. It must have been a wonderful way of building community, traveling together, camping out together, praying these psalms. This particular psalm emphasizes covenant faithfulness. The first ten verses are occupied with David's vow, David's vow of self-denial. From verse 11 to 18, the text is occupied with the Lord's vow, the Lord's vow of eternal covenant faithfulness. So these two vows are compared. Your vow, David's vow, and the Lord's vow of everlasting salvation. David's story here, written by another psalmist, not David, is summed up in his intense and earnest, passionate desire to find a place for the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was that box, about three feet and a half long, two feet and several inches wide, a box overlaid with gold and inside the Ten Commandments, a symbol of the revelation of God. It kind of looked like a footstool. It in no way competed with the reality of the presence of God. It simply stood for the reality of the presence of God. No one would ever worship the box. It's iconoclastic in its very nature. It is what it signifies, what it represents. No one would be confused. And David passionately wants to find a place for it. And You might know the story of the Ark of the Covenant. It kind of falls into uh, neglect, During the reign of Saul, the Philistines had it for a while. They sent it back because of disease and plague that seemed to accompany its presence. And Israel had neglected this symbol of the presence of God for some time. And when it was discovered, when it was discovered, they thought it was in the area of Bethlehem, but it ended up in the fields of Jar. And they discover this ark and they want to bring it home. David wants to bring it home. And you remember in the first instance, Isaiah 
stretched out his hand to touch the ark and he was immediately struck dead. David was angry, he was confused, he was disoriented. They re-examined how the Ark of the Covenant should be transported. And after several months, David tried again, this time keeping the letter of the law, as it were. And that's the uh, scene where David dances with all his might, takes off his royal vestments, dresses like a servant, and much to the humiliation of his wife, the queen, he dances for all he's worth. In my translation, in the NIV, the one I'm reading here, the Lord remembered David for all his self-denial. How would you describe your self-denial? And you understand that David's self-denial here is not a means to grace. It is because of God's grace that he has made this act of self-denial, his passionate desire to find a place for the Ark of the Covenant. I am reminded of our baptismal vows. There are no higher vows in the Christian life than having died to ourself and being raised in newness of life. I have been crucified with Christ, the Apostle said. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is no higher vow, no deeper vow, than our baptismal vow. A marriage vow is subsumed under it. An ordination vow is subsumed under it. Your vow to help orphans in Bolivia is under that vow of self-denial. Your vow to make music to the glory of God is under that vow. My vow to preach the word is under that vow. Your vow to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord involves some sleepless nights. And David refers here to, he's not going to go, he's not going to rest until he provides a place for the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant stands for God's grace, his covenant loyalty. And that type of uh, representation of the grace of God is meant to inspire our commitment and our self-denial. The fulfillment of the Lord's covenant faithfulness, which is the second half of the psalm, is based on the promise that is given in 2 Samuel that the Lord would provide an heir to David's throne who would be the son of David, the anointed one. And what's spectacular about Advent is that God in person fulfills his vow. In person, he comes. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In person, God fulfills his vow. There's really no comparison between our vows of self-denial and the Lord's vow of eternal faithfulness and salvation. But it's worth reflecting on 
My father-in-law, Paul Long, died this last February at the age of 93. He made many vows of self-denial. He and his wife Mary, as in Merry Christmas, served the Lord as missionaries in the Congo until the rebellion in the 1960s. Then he retooled, learned Portuguese, and planted churches in Brazil along the Amazon. Retirement meant getting a PhD at Fuller Theological Seminary and teaching missions then for 20 years at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. Moments before he died, and he really did have a good death, a real answer to our prayers. But moments before he died, he, he quoted Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. He quoted that in four languages. Chaluba, French, Portuguese, and English. But of all the vows of self-denial that Paul Long took, I think it was his last vow that counted the most in our family. He called it Mission Mary. Virginia's mother uh, had cancer, several cancers, and suffered for 12 years. We saw a strong, intelligent, vibrant, happy woman really reduced through constant physical suffering for a great long period of time. Paul, a cowboy missionary, if there ever was one, loving guns and horses in the jungle, flying his own plane, a real man's man, a southern patriarch. For him, I was a pinhead Yankee intellectual. <laughs> but he became Mary's primary caregiver. He had never cooked at all. He learned to cook. He had never cleaned at all. He had never done the wash. He had never done any of that and he learned how to do it. And he did it happily. And I think if you asked him what was his most important vow of self-denial because of the Lord's covenant faithfulness, he would say, Mission Mary. The Lord has vowed to establish his salvation in person. And what that meant was Described in Isaiah 53 in graphic terms, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So the Lord God invaded the mess of the human condition in person. This is the son of David that provides a rest, who sits enthroned, who blesses us with abundant provision, who satisfies us with food, who clothes her priest, the priesthood of all believers, with salvation, who makes a horn grow for David, that is a symbol of strength, who sets up a lamp by your word, your lamp we are guided, places a radiant crown on his head. May our vows of self-denial be grounded, and inspired by the Lord's vow of covenant faithfulness and encourage our hope in justice and judgment that only Christ the King can bring 
And he'll clothe the priesthood of all believers with salvation. He'll clothe his enemies with judgment. And somehow Psalm 132 reminds me at the end because of the reference to crown to the words of the capstone verses of Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, people who've gone before us, who've made that vow of self-denial, let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles. Let's run with perseverance, the race clearly marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition and don't lose heart. Don't grow weary. Lord, remember and put your name in the blank for all his or her self-denial. My mind has been preoccupied by John Chow, a 26-year-old American from Washington State with a passion for Christ, who risked his life to introduce the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Sentinelese, a tiny tribe in India, India's remote North Sentinel Island. It's believed that he was killed a week ago Saturday, November 16th in his second attempt to befriend the tribe. His effort to share the gospel has been reported in the press as illegal, secret, clandestine. It's been criticized as extreme proselytizing driven by John Chow's, quote, obsession to save souls. I feel like I've lived a long time because in 1956, When I was a young boy, I still remember paging through Life magazine that celebrated the martyrdom of five missionaries who died trying to do the same thing in eastern Ecuador. A ten-page spread, script and pictures, describing in detail their deaths. Today, John Chow is held up for ridicule. One commentator said Chow should have been content to convert a bunch of stubborn, thankless, rain-cold Seattleites than to travel to the other side of the world, to the Bay of Bengal. John Chow is not willing to treat the Centalese as an endangered species, isolated from the world. He believes that they were better served by hearing the gospel. He was obedient to the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all people, even this tiny, isolated tribe. To the world, John Chow looks foolish, reckless, even criminal. But Christians around the world should say this day, Lord, remember John Chow and all his self-denial. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.